it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to The Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Tuesday, on which there's not a whole lot going on. We're still waiting for the news about Alison Becker, and the longer it goes without that news, the more the angst builds and the more the worry builds and the more you become convinced that he's going to be out for three months, hopefully it's nothing like that and he's only out for a couple of games because our next three games are all winnable, even if we don't have the best goalkeeper in the world. We play Fulham at home. We play Sheffield United away. We play Crystal Palace at home. Then we face two of our biggest rivals, Manchester United and Arsenal, in back-to-back games. And hopefully he's back for them. We can live without him, I think, for the next three. For United and Arsenal, you'd very much want him between the sticks. I've just watched a video of Mark Goldbridge talking about the title race. And to be clear, there is no title race at the moment. We're 13 games into a season. The title race will begin in March and April when there's 10 games left. It doesn't begin at this stage of the season. But if you look at the table right now, obviously Arsenal sit top, City second, and we are third with Aston Villa in fourth place. And we have played of those teams the hardest fixtures thus far, in my opinion. We've gone away to Chelsea. We've gone away to Newcastle. We've gone away to Wolves, away to Spurs, away to Brighton, 
and away to Manchester City. And we would have been unbeaten through those games if not for, well, we know what happened at Spurs. One of the worst officiating performances you'll ever see and a monumental cock-up on VAR that still hasn't fully been explained yet. And there was definite lies told afterwards. The claims that the on-field officials didn't know that the wrong decision had been made till half time. It's just a lie. You can see the moment when the referee finds out that the wrong decision has been made, that the goal should have been awarded. You can see that moment. You can see his facial expression. It's 20 seconds after the restart. They have a throw in. And he gets told what's gone on here. Why wasn't the goal given? The audio they released is just the audio of the process. Good process, lads. So if not for that, we would be unbeaten in the league thus far. And the only bad result we have this season, because even even taking it in, in as a loss, a loss away to Spurs is not a bad result because Spurs are a good team. They're a big six team. And at that point in the season, they were rolling. The only bad result is to draw away to Luton. A draw away to Chelsea, a draw away to Brighton, a draw away to City. They're not bad results. They're good results. Regardless of where Chelsea sit in the league, and they are desperate. We didn't know on the opening day of the season they were going to be this poor. They're a big six rival. They're a club that have spent a billion quid in the last 15 months. The draw away to Brighton is a good result. They're a really good team. It's a tough place to go. And the draw away to City is a really good result, especially considering we didn't play anywhere close to our best. So you look at that and you think, okay, all things considered, we'd all have taken where we are right now. We'd all have taken 28 points from 13 games because the aim for this season is top four. The aim is to get back into the Champions League where we belong. The aim is to win the Europa League maybe win one of the domestic cups. Because we're not the finished article, because we're still a work in progress, we're still two, maybe three players short of the ideal starting 11. Winning the title is seemingly out of reach. And I still think City are going to win it quite comfortably. I think like last season, they're coasting through the first half of the year. They'll get KDB back. And I think they'll kick on the second half of the year and win the league quite comfortably. But what if they don't? What if they don't manage that? What if they do hit the skids a little bit? There's a reason no one wins four league titles in a row. The great United teams under Ferguson, the great Liverpool teams under Bob Paisley, they didn't win four in a row. So what if City don't do it? Well, the next month or so is going to be vital. If we just look at the month of December for the top four and Spurs, who are right in this mix, they're two points behind uh, Aston Villa. Obviously, they've got a bunch of injuries right now, but they're in a pretty good position. 
They've had a good start. Yes, they're in a bad run of form at the moment. Three defeats in a row. But it's explainable when you consider the madness of that game against Chelsea and then the fact that they've been missing three and then five starters over the two subsequent games. So Tottenham in December, they go away to City. They play West Ham home, Newcastle home. They're away to Forest. They're home to Everton. They're away to Brighton. They're home to Bournemouth. That's a really tough run. A really, really tough run. There's only two games that you'd look at right now as things stand and say they'll win that. Home to Everton, home to Bournemouth. You'd expect them to lose away to City. West Ham at home, if they're still missing, well, they will be missing Madison. They will be missing Van de Ven. They'll have Romero back. They'll have Basuma back, and you'd expect Matar Sar will be back as well. So maybe you say win against West Ham. Newcastle home, I could see that being a draw. Forest away, I think they'll win, even though Forest are pretty good at home. So that's seven points. The Everton win would make it 10. Brighton, a draw, a defeat. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost. Let's say they lose. And then I think they'll beat Bournemouth, like I said, on the, 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 the final day of this calendar year. So you're looking at, I think, four wins, a draw, and two defeats. That's 13 points. That would take them to 39 points at the turn of the year. Aston Villa, away to Bournemouth. They've just found a bit of form. Villa aren't great away, even though they did beat Spurs at the weekend. They lost at Forest. They drew at, at Wolves. They lost at Anfield. They lost at St. James's. They weren't overly convincing in their win against Burnley. They did beat Chelsea. So let's say they go there and win. Then they're home to Manchester City and home to Arsenal back-to-back. Two draws? Would that be fair? I think that's about fair. There's five points. They're away to Brentford. Tough place to go. Potentially another draw. Six points. Home to Sheffield United, they'll win. Away to United? That's tough. That is tough. We'll go... A defeat in that one, I think. If we're giving them draws home to City and Arsenal, giving them the benefit of the home pitch, I think we'll 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 go defeat away to United, and then they'll beat Burnley. So you're looking at one, three wins, three draws, and a defeat. That's twelve points. That puts them on forty points at the turn of the year. Manchester City. They've got a tough run now. Home to Spurs, away to Villa. Beat Spurs, draw with Villa. We'll say four points. They'll beat Luton, that's seven. They'll beat Crystal Palace at home, that's ten. Their Brentford game will not be played because they're away at the World Club Cup. Then they'll play Everton away and then they'll play Sheffield United at home. So... After these next two games, which are tough and come off the back of Chelsea and Liverpool, it's an easier run from there. So we've got four wins, 
five wins and a draw at 16 points. But they'll have a game in hand. They'll be on 45 points with the game in hand. Arsenal, home to Wolves, you'd expect them to win. Away to Luton, you'd expect them to win. That's six points. Away to Villa, we've gone draw. That's seven. Home to Brighton? Could Brighton go there and get a point? I think they could. That's eight. I think they lose at Anfield. They'll beat West Ham. They'll beat Fulham. That's 14 points. So that'll be them on 44 points. A point behind City. And City will have a game in hand. And then us. Home to Fulham, win. Away to Sheffield United, win. Away to Palace, win. Home to United, win. Home to Arsenal, win. Away to Burnley, win. And then we play Newcastle on the 1st of January, which is our seventh game. I think we can win the next seven in a row before this break that happens for the FA Cup and then that week off thing that they do now. I legitimately think we can win all seven games. But let's say we drop points in one. Let's say we draw at home with Newcastle. Let's say we win the next six, because I think we will beat United and I think we will beat Arsenal. At home, I think we beat both teams. So let's say we do six wins in a draw. That's 19 points. That would put us on 47 points. Two clear of City, but they will have a game in hand, which is Brentford, which you expect them to win. We'll be three clear of Arsenal. Nine clear of Spurs and seven clear of Villa. Does anyone think that those are unrealistic? Predictions that we would beat Fulham, beat Sheffield United, beat Palace. Palace could be tough. I mean, it could be tough. They could get a point, but they've just lost to Kure probably for the season. And they're not nearly as good without him. Eze's just picked up a knock as well. He could be out for a while. We'll beat United at home. I can't see how we don't beat United at home. Arsenal obviously will be tough because they're a good team. But it's also it's them and it's at Anfield. They haven't done well at Anfield. I don't see how we don't go to Burnley and win. I actually think we'll beat Newcastle. I actually think the one we're more likely to drop points in is Crystal Palace away than Newcastle at home. But let's just say six wins and a draw, whatever way. Even if it's we win six and draw with Arsenal. That gives them one more point and it's the same points total for us overall. We'd still be ahead of them. We'd still be two points ahead of them. I think we can get to the turn of the year, top of the league. Now, again, City would have a game in hand on us, but that would be an incredible achievement, all things considered. Thiago unlikely to have kicked a ball by then. Besetic, we don't know if he'll be back. Robertson should be back, hopefully, around New Year. 
we don't have a defensive midfielder. Our defence isn't complete without an upgrade on Robertson and Simicus at left-back slash left-centre-back. We can go in January and address one, if not both, of those issues. There's two players been linked with us from South America that profile-wise, they absolutely fit the bill. They absolutely fill the needs that we have. But they're coming directly from South America and they're both really young. So obviously, Gabriel Mascardo is the uh, Mascardo is the holding midfielder that we've been linked with from Corinthians. He's only 18 and he's only just turned 18 a couple of months ago. Like it's a big ask. Some idiot's gone and edited his his, um, Wikipedia to say he plays for Chelsea. He doesn't. Chelsea have not signed the player. Chelsea are unlikely to sign the player. It's a big ask for him to come over and step in straight away, but he is an immense talent. He's exactly what we would want in that role. And then... The centre-back, and again, coming directly from South America, another Brazilian, Lucas Baraldo. He's 20, just turned a week ago, uh, four days ago. He's left-footed, 6-1, very good on the ball, strong defensively, can can actually play left-back as a traditional left-back, can play centre-back, those two fit the bill perfectly for us. And 50 million invested in the pair of them, it would probably be a little bit less, but let's say 50 million invested in the pair of them is money that we have available and would be money well spent. The question is, is it money better spent than going and buying a ready-made player? Is it better to buy two young players, bring them over, and hope that they settle in quickly or potentially just have the aim of they'll contribute more next season. It's a question of, are we prepared? Because if, if we're not going to bring in those two and we still want to fill those two positions, realistically, you're looking at well over a hundred million for let's say an from sporting. I think his buyout has gone up to 55 million. I could be wrong on that but I think it went up to 55 million and a holding midfielder. I mean, Bubakar Kamara is not going to be available in January. I think I still maintain he's ideal. Now, Mascardo is quite similar to him stylistically, a bit more aggressive. I think he's going to be more physical than Kamara and Kamara's no shrinking violet, but it's a question of in January, do we look for the, long-term moves, which would be Beraldo and Mascardo? Or do we look for the win now? We're top of the league now. Let's go now and try and win this title. Because to do that, to do, to do that, you're going to be paying well in excess of, of 100 million. You're going to be paying more, I would say, for Anastio than you would for Beraldo and Mascardo. And you're going to pay 
another 50 million. Let's say we go Jao Polina. Let's say that's who we go for. And allegedly his new contract that he signed with Fulham has a buyout clause. The question is, does that buyout clause kick in in January? Does it click it kick in in the summer? Because I would guess it's probably for summer, similar to what Alexis did last year with Brighton. To try and get him in January, they're probably going to hold for 70 million. But if you want to go all in, that's what you're looking at. 125 million to go all in with no guarantee that you win the league, of course. So are we better to hold the course, stay long-term in our, in our vision, go Moscardo, go Beraldo, and aim that we ease them in over the back half of the season and come next season, they're ready to start. Now, Beraldo will still only be 18 to begin next season. Sorry, Moscardo would only be 18 to begin next season. So even at that, it, like it's a big ask. You'd probably still want to go and find someone to rotate with him in that position. But when, Goldberg, when, when Goldbridge said that earlier, and I thought, you know what? When we look at our fixtures, they are favourable. Like, they are favourable. We've got four that we should win. They're all away from home. And our three tougher games are all at home. And if Allison's back for United and then Arsenal and then obviously Newcastle, you would make us heavy favourites against United who are absolutely woeful. And I don't care what the league table says. There is just no argument to be made that they're the sixth best team in the country right now. They scored 16 goals. Their goal difference is zero. They're not a good team. And three of those goals came against Everton in a game in which Everton should have scored at least two. In a game in which Everton should have been 2-1 up by half time, which likely means a totally different second half. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I don't think we're going to win the league this year. And I'm going to continue to say that because I don't want to get myself drawn into that hope because it is the hope that kills you. I'm going to continue to say, I think City win the league. I think we get second. 
I don't think it's going to be a second like 18, 19, 21, 22. Don't know that any of us could survive another one of those. But I do think we can get second and we can push them. And if we can push them to to March, let's say mid-March, we're still within a point or two of them. And then let's say they just pull ahead and end up winning it by eight to 10 points. That's still going to be a really good season if we finish second, win the Europa League, and let's say we win the League Cup as well, which, you know, it's worth pointing out, is shaping up to be favourable for us. We play West Ham in the quarterfinal at Anfield. You would expect us to win that game. You look around, Chelsea face Newcastle, so one of them is going out, and you'd fancy us to beat either in a two-legged game. Everton play Fulham. You'd fancy us to beat either of them in a a two-legged semi-final. Is it two legs this year? I think it's two legs this year and changing next year to one leg. And then Port Vale against Middlesbrough. I mean, Port Vale are a League One team, Borough are a championship team. You would very much have to favour us to beat either. But let's say we can... We, we beat West Ham and then we draw Chelsea or Newcastle. That's To me, that's the ideal. And then Everton or Fulham play Port Vale or Borough and then we get one of them in the final. You'd rather have Chelsea and the turn over two legs, I think, just in case you have an off day in one of the legs. But that competition is very much shaping up to favour us to win it. The Europa League, myself and Carol went through it on Scouted today. There's no one that you'd look at and think we'd be worried about them. Atalanta are good. Leverkusen are good. West Ham are decent. Marseille are are okay. Brighton are good. But you'd still fancy us to beat them over two legs. And of the teams that might drop in out of the Champions League, the teams that are in those positions to do that now, you're not really going to be overly concerned. You just not. I think we're in a really good spot right now. I do think come January, we need to address some of the weaknesses in the squad. But I think bringing in a Moscardo, bringing in a Baraldo, I think is probably the smartest way to go about that. Now, look, if it was Moscardo and Inacio, I would prefer that because you get one ready-made starter in Inacio. If it was Beraldo and Jao Polina, I would prefer that than just the two young players, even though I, I do think Moscardo is going to be a very, very special player. I, I think he, he's got the potential to be one of the best midfielders in the world in that role. Because he's good on the ball, but he reads the game so well for for such a young player. Honestly, you watch him play, you, you, you're going to think he's 27, 28 in his pomp. Like, there's no... He doesn't make young player mistakes. You know, you always see young players do... They do something silly at some point in the game. Whether it's they get overambitious with a pass whether it's they just switch off for a second and don't track a runner or 
you know, miss a rotation or whatever it might be, that doesn't happen with him. He is laser focused. And he's a tough kid as well. Like he's not shirking challenges. He's already showing signs of being an outstanding ball winner. And I don't make this comparison lightly. But the player he reminds me of more than any other is Roy Keane. And I had to sit and suffer while Roy Keane dominated the Premier League for 12 and a half years with United. Won a bunch of league titles, a bunch of cups, a European Cup. I don't want to risk missing out on the player who could potentially be the next Roy Keane. And again, I do not make that comparison lightly. People that listen to me and talk to me know how important a figure I view Roy Keane as in Premier League history. I think he's the greatest midfielder the league has seen. I think he's the best captain the league saw. I think he's the best winner that the league has seen. I think Moscardo, now I don't know about the leadership aspect, but all all you hear about him is how intelligent he is, how focused he is, how he's also taking on courses outside of football. So he's, you know, he's got that disciplined type of life, committed to excellence on and off the pitch. I really do think he's someone that we should we should be looking for. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that for today. I'm going to give you what we have on this on, on Anfield Index. You can check out the other sites for yourself. Uh, there is a piece about Unai Emery. There is a piece about um, Allison's injury and the the protect the potential impact. Uh, it's a piece with me saying Jamie Carragher is wrong about a lot of things, which I maintain that he is. Another piece about Allison and Jota. Of course, he got injured at the weekend as well. I didn't even think of that. I picked him to start on Thursday, but he won't be playing on Thursday. Um, piece about the City game. There is a couple of scouted's up. There is a reflection on the City game. A piece, we, had, we had a good chat about Unai Emery, and we talked about young players that we would buy. And the two that stand out to me above everybody else are Gabriel Moscardo and Archie Gray. And if I could in any way have any influence at Liverpool, they're the players I would be pushing them to go and spend significant amounts of money on. Because I think they're both going to be really special players. Archie Gray will be the player people think Declan Rice is. And better again. And like I said, Moscardo, I think, I don't know if he'll be keen level, but stylistically, the approach, it all it all reminds me of Keane. Um, we also did one ahead of Lask, so check that one out. We did, uh, oh, sorry, there's an under pressure. Good, bad, or just different. Dan Kennett, Hamza, Phil Barker, and Cy Brundish. And there is part one of the new Songs of Anfield 
series that Dave Davis is running with David Jags from the Ragamuffins. So do check that one out. It's sure to be a belter. That'll do me for today, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.